the cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. Let's make that climb together up the, the green, green peak. peak with your host, Richard Zwicky. Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Zwicky with The Green Peak, and joining me today is uh, Lee Hughes, who's a corporate advisor and has been involved in the cannabis industry for a few years now, going back uh, actually to uh, at least until 2015, if not before, with uh, today with dealing a lot with OMG, organic medical growth, but prior to that with New Green Wave and a number of other things, as well as Heavily involved, uh, from what I understand, Lee, in the uh, gold exploration industry as well. So a uh, really into a lot of the uh, constantly developing and looking for new opportunity uh, industries. Welcome. Thanks, Richard. Thanks to be here. So you're, uh, you moved to Canada from Australia a number of years ago after uh, retiring as a footballer, I, I understand? Well, yeah, I moved to, uh, I moved to Vancouver um, two and a half years ago, um, lived in a, from Perth, Western Australia, um, uh, had, a, uh, had, a, had a PR, um, strategic communications, marketing communications firm in Perth as well um, for about 15 years and had a long list of um, typically mining-focused mining clients because that's um, you know, what stimulates the economy over there in, in Australia. Um, so got exposed to the, to the capital market sector um, organically through that company, um, you know, working with, you know, uh, big brands from, you know, BHPs of the world, which is one of the biggest mining companies in, in the world, um, to consumer product goods companies uh, or CPG companies that we call them over there um, and, and others. Uh, and, you know, before I exited out of that, out of that company, I, I'd already made the decision that I thought it would be, would be make sense to get over to North America where, you know, obviously, capital markets is is a lot more aggressive and 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 uh, more opportunities in the pool. Um, so once my earnout finished in Perth, I uh, I moved over to Vancouver two and a half years ago, and and haven't looked back since. I guess um, in terms of you know where I want to where I want to be located. Yeah, no, it's uh, I mean, I uh, I relocated to the West Coast a few years ago myself, and I I couldn't imagine moving back uh, anywhere else. It's such a spectacular area. Um, but uh, glad to have you in the local community. So, you know, I was looking through a bit of your background bio, and it, it was interesting that you came out of uh, integrated marketing, as as did I, from uh, one of my prior companies and a uh, mm. number of campaigns I've run globally before uh, entering into the cannabis markets, mm. But uh, which gives us a bit of a different perspective as we've had to deal with a lot of companies which had the, uh, if you build it, they will come mentality around digital and now seeing that in uh, in the cannabis space, which uh, a lot of the hard reality is setting in for companies today, that uh, it's not that easy. Are you? Uh, do you see those parallels? Absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, when you think of emerging markets, um, anyway, you know, it's obviously very exciting to be, you know, uh, in one. I, I believe, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I call cannabis an emerging market. Of course, um, I imagine being involved in. In, when uh, ex prohibition of alcohol um, way back, and having the access to to the resources to be able to get access to the customers like we do these days, I mean, it would have been it would have been amazing. You know, billion dollar platforms were built back then without anything that we have now. Imagine what could what it could look like in in five or ten years. The cannabis sector, um, 
with you know the the new ways of marketing yes um you know at the same time it, it everything doesn't necessarily work you know there's a lot of test and measuring going on at the moment um there's a, a, a lot of successes but there are also you know some stress points out there that are, are showing everyone that it's, it, it isn't so easy if it was if it was if it was that easy everyone would be doing it and i think everyone tried to do it <laughs> i think yep. the last um six to nine months a lot of the reality has set in that you know it, it you know there's a hell of a lot of sophistication that needs to go into this to make sure that it's done properly oh there is and you know i think there's been i mean a lot of people throwing mad money around with the expectation the markets would continue to be uh growing at ridiculous rates without uh, limit and you know having been through it before with technology we always knew why I think you and I both already knew it was coming. It was not. Uh, it was not going to be forever. It just caught everybody a little bit short how quickly it came. Uh, the adjustment in the market, but you know, that's that's a good thing also because it's uh, starting to weed out a lot of the companies that didn't have a solid business model and needed to move forward. Um, and you know, I'm I'm personally happy for it. We're looking where we are vis-a-vis -vis a lot of the others, but uh, you want to see everybody. You want to see companies succeed because it helps the whole industry succeed. So over the last couple of years, I mean, you and I met in London in December last year. Yeah. Um, I had a shareholder meeting and you happened to be in town and joined with uh, one of the one of uh, your associates who was a participant or is a participant in our company. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but you were involved with a uh, company called Organic uh, Medical Growth uh which is building products for distribution through compound pharmacies, pharmacies, cosmeceuticals, and the like. How long have you been doing that, and what drew you to that opportunity vis-a-vis -vis some of the others you've been working on? Yeah, um, so it was interesting. I, uh, when I was at Next Green Wave as, as the chairman of Next Green Wave, and, and we were public, mm -hmm. um, you know, fully integrated business in California, um, you know, uh, from, from seed all the way to consumer acquisition, I guess you could call it now. Yep. Um, one of the things that, that we made a decision to do when, when I was there at, at, at Next Green Wave was actually invest in the very, very early round for organic medical growth. Um, uh, you know, organic medical growth strategy was to be, you know, a significant producer and cultivator of, of product in, um, in, in Colombia. But mm -hmm. then the second phase to that was that it had an extremely unique distribution channel of you know uh, big box retail to you know pharmacies and and then through this online platform in Rappi and in Vivo, mm -hmm. and I always thought, well, wow, there's two there's two opportunities here from the from from Next Green Wave's point of view. It was well, the distribution channel that they have is untouched and 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 big, um, uh, and also you know the opportunity to you know to probably get access to raw material once the uh, once the walls came down in the US, whenever that was going to be. Mm -hmm. at, a, um, at a low cost. Now, things have developed since. Um, you know, I, I resigned as the chair of Next Green Wave you know, middle of last year, um, particularly for health reasons, um, uh, and, and needed a break. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, the phone phones obviously rang. Uh, talent in this sector is limited, as you know, Richard, and um, had, a lot of, had a lot of calls. Um, one of them was, was OMG, and, or OMG we like to call it because it's just simple. Um, and uh, and said, look, you know, would you be would you be interested in coming on and just sitting in our uh, in our war room and you know helping us you know strategically um, make sure that our strategy is is tight? And I said, you know, absolutely. I, I know the guys there very very well um, over in Montreal. And um, 
as it as it turned out, um, it, you know the the cultivation uh, side of the space has um, has the landscape has just changed completely, as you know, Richard and absolutely. Planner um, and Clever Leaves and and other guys down there seeming to have um, advanced that side of things very very well, um, but. The distribution channel for me was really what stood out for, for organic medical growth, you know, having access to, you know, fresh faces, um, literally hundreds of thousands across not just Colombia, but the rest of, uh, the rest of um, you know, Latin America. And I thought, well, why not focus on that side of things and, and become unique and, and let's, let's, let's try and be a little bit more marketing centric on the customer acquisition side and then work with guys like, you know, yourselves at Planner and, and other other providers and brands that are looking for access to, to to customers, which ultimately is where the sector's at now too, as you know. And um, you know, I've sort of kept going from there, and it's 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 been so far a, a really good experience, and definitely that's had its um, teething problems, like like every 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 other group does. It's always the way. Correct. As you uh, said, it, if it was easy, everybody would do it. That's yeah, a common yeah. phrase I use as well. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, obviously we connected. The thing I really liked about sitting in, in London and listening to you guys give your presentation is that, you know, it's very easy to see that it's very hard to be, the, to be good at everything in this space. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I immediately saw an opportunity for like an OMG to work with Planner in, okay, well, we have a distribution channel that's a lot more advanced than, than Planner. You guys have everything from seed to the gate that's much more advanced than us so why wouldn't we potentially work together um so you know um that's kind of where that came from and and of course we're we're here now on, on this podcast and um you know hopefully we can continue to progress something towards walking together yeah no and of course and you know let's when when we come back let's talk a bit about the challenges with verticalization and what's going to happen as the markets open because that's an area which is going to be of keen interest to anybody who's in the industry we have to take a short break, but I'll be back uh, in a moment with uh, Lee Hughes. And I'm Richard Zwicky. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take anywhere treat. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green Peak. And we're back on the Green Peak with uh, Lee Hughes today, with uh, who's focusing a lot of time on uh, organic medical growth or OMG um, for, uh, which is a consumer product and brand export com- expert company in the uh, medical cannabis space and wellness space. And uh, Hugh, just before the break, we're talking a bit about some of the challenges of the verticalization. And uh, I guess you experienced a lot of those challenges when you were with uh, Next Green Wave, which uh, is out of California. You mentioned how uh, vertically integrated they were. And when I look at that and so many of the U.S.-based uh, companies, you know, one of the things that would scare me in their position is when the markets do open up uh, to being true free trade as opposed to very protectionist and uh, when the federal legislation changes, um, when you're overly verticalized, one, you know, you can't do everything well, so you have to focus on what you do best. But being overly verticalized means you have a lot of areas where you're not as efficient because you just have to do it as opposed to being able to focus on what you're outstanding at. How do you see um, when the markets open up there, which are the areas that the U.S. is really going to suffer in? I mean, we look at it, you know, I look at it from the perspective we're now producing down close to seven cents a gram for top grade GACP medical uh, cannabis um, production which, you know, is a tenth of what people are able to do in the U.S. Hmm. Um, but, you know, that's just one area. What, what do you see as being the biggest shocks to the system that are going to be coming that companies should be preparing for? Yeah, look, uh, and, and, I, and, I've, and I've always thrown up this uh, element of uncertainty on that. And, you know, a really good friend of mine is actually in the corn industry in the U.S. Yep. And what the U.S. did in the corn industry is they obviously, you know, they protected it. Um, by price protecting it and, and making sure that they wrap their their arms around um, the set, that 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 particular market to protect, you know, the farmers on the ground there. Um, I don't know whether they're going to do that with with hemp or or or, or any any of the other types of um, production in the space um, when we think of cannabis. But I mean, if they don't do that, to me, it would it would and again, like I refer back to what I said before. You know why wouldn't industry buy raw material from low-cost providers in in countries like Colombia? I mean, that's that's what I mean. They're going to either have to protect it, or that part of the industry, in my view, is going to be um, uh, at risk. I think. Um, but again, Richard, without knowing how they're going to play this space, with it just you know, it's evolving every day, as we know, and rules are. Rules are changing. It's it's up and down more than than the COVID virus at the moment. Um, 
it's just it's I, I just I can't answer that question categorically. But I think that if they don't protect it, I think that you will see um, you know areas like Colombia um, um, win in the raw material game, and then I think you'll see the US start to really focus on you know what they do very very well as well, which is you know building big brands and um, and supporting customer acquisition and you know and the like. That, that's my view. Yeah, I mean. I can't speak for, you know, the other, I mean, there's the four largest companies in Colombia, myself, ours, Plena being one of them, really, uh, and, you know, we look at it, we focus on B2B supply to everybody else um, in the marketplace, and, you know, others are going in different directions, but, you know, the, the operating costs and the advantages of being equatorial in a area that's economically and politically stable is you know, is unmatched for, and there's a reason why, you know, Starbucks doesn't grow coffee uh, and produce anywhere except, but uh, in the optimal grow zones and where companies really locate their supply, not necessarily where their headquarters are. So let's, let's look a bit further towards um, where OMG is, because I mean, you're a, OMG markets as a consumer product and brand expert, and there's a number of uh, products, be the wet wellness, cosmeceutical, and medical that are falling under the brand and um, co-branding projects. Mm-hmm. Is OMG developing them? Or are you focusing more on helping companies develop the brand and then the distribution? Yeah, look, uh, initially, well, it's, it's two-pronged, actually. Initially, you know, it was about um, testing, measuring the OMG brand, which we're continuing mm-hmm. to develop. Um, of course, you know, it's, it's, it's important to make sure that there is a, that we focus on the customer and that we, we ensure that we are um, meeting the customer's needs in the space. Uh, obviously, the, the Colombian market in particular is very unsophisticated when we think of cannabis. Uh, you know, US is in a whole other ballgame, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the pharmacies and the online distribution have definitely... Uh, recognize that it's a space that they need to get into. So initially we've started with the OMG brand and we've been, uh, we've, we've, we've trialed about eight, eight to 10 different SKUs uh, in the cosmeceutical space, um, mm-hmm. which has been uh, quite interesting. We've, we've, we've done a lot of that rollout in the pharmacies um, uh, in, in, in conjunction with a, a really sophisticated independent marketing agency there as well that do a lot of the, a lot of the um, uh, marketing for um, new products for Unilever and Procter & Gamble when they come in and want to launch a new, pro- a new product. So that's right. been great. We've been able to get access to some pretty good data sets to make sure that, you know, we're, we're tracking uh, the, the demographic and the geographic profile of, of our audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, again, I, it, we have 8,000 pharmacies in Columbia. We certainly didn't go and pollute 8,000 pharmacies with, you know, a thousand units each just to make right. our sales in Q1 look good because that just never works. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we've, we've really had the pharmacies tell us which stores to pick and, and how we go about doing that and, and working on, you know, in-store feedback through, you know, user experiences and stuff like that. Um, at the same time, we've, we've also um, co we've worked with some existing brands um, in the U S um, and Canada and, and allowed them to bring in under our um, distribution channel um, some of their brands that, that, that meet. Because I think, you know, we need to give the customer choice as well. I think, you know, you're going to have your low, medium and, and high um, spend levels when you think of 
the Colombian audience. Um, Absolutely. And we've, needed, and we've needed to test those levels um, with different brands and different look and feel. And, you know, it's like when GNC first started, you know, GNC had, I don't they, they literally allowed any anyone that sold anything in in uh, and that was to do with their their, their sector. All it didn't maintain brand control very effectively on many levels around that, and that was a that was a challenge. So what you've been doing is focusing on identifying bellwether stores to test product against exactly. and to drive adoption because um, you know that's a that's a step a lot overlooked. They think we can get big numbers by signing a big chain, but not really testing well. So you've been focusing on yeah. testing with key stores. That's, that's mm-hmm. excellent. And, you know, a point that you didn't touch on there, which I think is worth sharing with the audience or reminding the audience of is, you know, people think, well, Colombia, it's out of sight, out of mind, but it's a, a country with 52 million people. Um, when, you know, Canada with 37 million is the hub of, you know, the global industry in terms of public markets and the, the largest companies that are public and publicly traded globally uh, being Canadian with everybody acknowledges it's a big market. Colombia with 52 million people has a larger population. It also has a very large burgeoning middle class, um, which is capable of spending and supporting these products. And it really is a, a, a massive opportunity that a lot of people haven't really looked at in the way one would expect, but from a distribution perspective, are you, have you found um, you know those bellwether stores? Have you mapped them to some of the international opportunities that you know we we know there's bellwether cities in uh, across the U.S. and Canada, like Nanaimo in, in uh, B.C. as a bellwether for the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. If you open up a, a distribution outlet in Nanaimo and it succeeds, it tends to succeed right across the country. Have you mm-hmm. found that with uh, Columbia? Uh, interesting point, actually. Um... Yeah, uh, it, and it's actually very interesting and not, not many people would obviously know the full landscape of Colombia. Everyone probably thinks when they think of Colombia, Bogota and Cali maybe <laughs> from the uh, narco shows and things like that um, or Medellin. Um, but Medellin has definitely, um, from what we understand, is a, is a city where, um, you know, outside of Bogota, a lot of traffic takes place. Yep. Um, you probably know that. Um, uh, when we think of other countries that we're talking about too at the moment, we're, you know, we're obviously talking to distribution channels across Brazil, Peru uh, and others. Some of those major cities aren't necessarily the, the big distribution hubs. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. A lot of them, uh, they all work independently of each other, each country and, and have their own meaning for why they distribute out of other cities and than, than what you would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're exactly correct. I, I, from what I've been told in Colombia, Medellin is, um, is a pretty, uh, uh, let's say, busy hub for, for distributors. It's a great representative sampling uh, site for a lot of companies and products that are looking to enter not just the Colombian but the Latin market is uh, to my understanding. But let's, um, we have to take another break and then let's come back and talk about some of the other Latin uh, markets you mentioned, uh, Brazil and Peru, um, which obviously I'm very familiar with. And let's take a look at uh, how you're looking at approaching those and what you're seeing. We'll be back in a minute with Lee Hughes and I'm Richard Zwicky. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. 
Vampire, a show dedicated to exploring the many potential therapeutic uses of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of healing and now making a heroic comeback, cannabis has the potential to promote health and well-being, bring the body back to homostasis, and foster recovery for a healthier way of living. Hempire focuses on a diverse range of serious health issues, presenting views ranging from those of patients and their loved ones through those of researchers and medical professionals. Welcome to Hempire. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The Cutting Edge of Cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green Peak. And we're back for our last segment here with uh, Lee Hughes, um, who's working, you know, been working around the world with the medical cannabis industry and right now is focusing uh, on a lot of LATAM opportunities. And Lee, just before we broke, you mentioned uh, working with Peru and Brazil. I know, uh, obviously, we've been heavily involved in uh, Peru since the inception. Um, and uh, we're, uh, we're going to be announcing, I think by the time this runs, we'll have announced... Uh, the acquisition of some of the latest licenses in Peru, but uh, for distribution and working with uh, the products. But how are you looking at Peru and Brazil differently than uh, than a Colombia? Obviously, they're behind the curve with regards to Colombia in terms of their adoption of regulations and the like, but they're also very different marketplaces. Yeah, and Brazil, um, funny you say that. Brazil's actually... Um uh, quite knowledgeable when you think about uh, CBD and um, you know uh, I'm not sure if, if you're aware Richard but you know Brazil really got quite advocational uh, on the topic probably five or six years ago now um, uh, you know in particular uh, there was you know families coming out with you know the young children with you know severe epilepsy and and you know a little bit like what happened in the UK um, so you know there's been that um, from an advocacy point of view, there's been quite a big push in Brazil, um, a lot more than, than others from what I've seen, um, which has been really interesting actually, because the, the um, especially the, the, the RAPI or the online um, sort of model for distribution of the product in Brazil has been extremely well forthcoming. It's been, it's been very well thought out. Um, yeah. I know Dr. Raquel Perabe, who's uh you know, part of our extended team has been heavily involved down there and we've, uh, we're dealing with a number of companies there. They've also been much stricter uh, in terms of defining the requirements uh, for products are going on shelves. 
and that's really refreshing to see but of course it creates new hurdles and burdens um, I know for you know a number of the pharmacies a minimum of 12 months stability testing is the requirement where for other countries it's six months and I've seen yes. some three months um, and the level of definition is much stronger how are you you know how are you finding that yeah well no ab absolutely um there's you know you mentioned someone advising you there um there's definitely a lot of um you know uh, open arms on the on the medical side um with with the on, from the professionals that's for sure um wanting to make it happen um mm -hmm. I, i'm not very familiar on the on the on the regulatory side to be completely honest with you in all of these different countries but we we certainly have people that have their um finger on the pulse from that perspective um I guess the way I look at it is when you start to see more brand managers and procurement managers and distribution managers of these um, pharmac pharmacies um, or, or, or digital shops um, saying, tell us more and give us more, that's when you sort of know, okay, these guys are a lot more sophisticated than others. Um, <laughs> when we first walked into Rappi, for example, in Colombia, you know, everyone... It's, it's like everyone that rides a push bike or a motorbike in Colombia has a rappy bag on their back of their bike. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, um, they, they really didn't have much clue at all. Um, had heard of it, but, but just weren't really like, to be honest, very quite conservative. Um, so, you know, but so it's, it's been a, it, you can just tell the advancement from the other country, from especially Brazil, um, Peru, the same, actually, I, I met with a really big, um, pharmaceutical distributor in, in in peru one of the biggest oh yeah and they were like and they were basically saying or in lima and they were like look Lee, just tell us what what we can what what we should be you know using as a phased approach for this and and we're completely arms are welcome welcoming welcoming of it you know um yeah and i mean peru peru has a very strong i know you know we're dealing obviously with you know, probably some of the same groups and some uh, distinct groups, but they have the combination between the government uh, mandated pharmacy distribution systems as well as the compounding systems, which is um, a whole different client base and uh, market to go after. But it's also a path by which a lot of people end up in the standardized products. They start with the compounding and work to the standardization. Um, and we're seeing a lot of that as well there which uh, is a whole different area in terms of uh, education, but also in, in terms of market penetration, how you help move customers through that path. How, how do you deal with that? Because that is, you know, compounding is not a big thing here in North America, but it's huge in LATAM. Um, yeah, how do I deal with that? Um, you know, it, it, again, it, it's because this is so new, Richard, as well. Um, <laughs> a lot of what we've been doing to be completely honest has been, and we've been going in very, very um, transparent. And, you know, like I said, it's the test and measure approach. Yep. Um, you know, we've, without really having a secret source formula, which we don't really have right now in, in cannabis, mm -hmm. it, it's, you've kind of got to go into this type of stuff with the view of being essentially partners um, yes. and trying to work with how it's going to happen. Um, you know, like, and even Ariadna, which is the largest independently owned marketing agency in, in, in South America, actually included Latin America. Mm -hmm. You know, that these guys have been doing stuff with Unilever and Procter and Gamble for so long, but the data sets that they have don't necessarily mean that it's going to work for 
what we do in cannabis. Um, yeah. So again, it's like they're giving us as much as they can from, from, from history, but it ain't necessarily going to work. So the pharmacies, the, the online activators, it's, if, if they don't, if they're not prepared to sort of work with you on this and, and understand that not everything's going to work. Some we're going to try it. We're going to try this. We're going to try that. Then it's going to take a long time. It will in, in that sort of circumstance, but of course, with a great marketing agency behind you, they have testing harnesses to understand what the response rate is from the consumers. So even if they don't have, you know, a straight line data that uh, data points that uh, can move over, let's say, like they would between uh, soft drinks or sodas, they do have the the systems in place by which to build the testing so that at least we can get to better answers quicker and that's all in the data right and that's an area which uh i think data can never be undervalued in terms yeah. or you know overvalued sorry <laughs> underestimated over um in terms of its va- in terms of its value to making those decisions well you know unfortunately we're at the end of our time for today and yeah. uh you know want to thank you for joining i think this has been a great conversation and uh, to our listeners for uh, listening as well, Lee, for individuals who want to get in touch with you to learn more about the opportunities, but also get some uh, counsel, because I know you work with a lot of companies providing uh, great feedback and advice. How should they reach you? Um, sure. Well, um, my, um, I, my LinkedIn profile is typically uh, where people typically try and find me if it's not direct through a company, or um, I also have my, um, my Converge uh, website and email as well, which is Lee at converge.com. Um, I can share that um, with you, Richard, as well, if you need to, but um, sure. We'll post it with the, uh, with the show beside it. And Lee of yeah. course is L E I G H Hughes. Um, just cause some people spell things differently. want to make sure that everybody gets to you <laughs> the right way. <laughs> that's it, Richard. That's it. So, so yeah, so that's typically how it happens. And, and like I said, offline as well, I, I think, I think, you know, this type of content that's, that we're sharing with, with users and, and new people in this sector is just so important and we need more of it. So I appreciate you having me on, Richard. I, um, I look forward to working with you with Planner as well. Oh, thank you, Hugh. I look forward to that as well. And I'd like to thank you for joining today and hope to have you back uh, again at some point in the future. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Lee. And thanks to everybody for listening. I'm Richard Zwicky. I'll chat with you again next week. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.